You hear him every day, 6 to 10 a.m. here on ESPN 106.3, part of the unsportsmanlike crew with Michelle Smallman and Chris Canty. He joins us every single Thursday here on LaVica, Theo, and Stone. Uh, Evan, how about that? David Ortiz just, uh, just, just standing us up here at PGA National. Better man than me. I wish I would have followed his lead. <laughs> I knew that that was coming. Knew that was coming. Uh, should I, with you on right now, Evan, should I tell my Lily Pulitzer story? Oh, my God. You want to do that to yourself? Yeah, yeah let's do it. All so right. I guess yes would be the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's set the scene. It's uh, 2018, and uh, I am hosting a show called ESPN West Palm Tonight where we have our great partners on. Uh, we're talking about different uh, elements of the community. Uh, Cyrus Wittig, our Cyrus Wittig now hosts yes, the yes. show ESPN West Palm Tonight. And it was getting close to Honda Classic time, and Lily Pulitzer, the uh, Palm Beach-based fashion brand that's become so synonymous with golf uh they wanted uh they were a, a great partner and still are a great partner of the cognizant classic in the palm beaches but uh we were going to do an, an interview with somebody from lily pulitzer to talk about what they were debuting at the pga tour event nice. that given year so what did i do i reached out to their media relations people and i said hey any chance we can get lily pulitzer on for an interview here in the next couple of weeks keep in mind this was 2018 Lily Pulitzer had been dead for five years huh. at that point. Five years at that point. Huh. And uh, that email, I had CC'd one of our teammates. Oh. That teammate proceeded to just tell everybody at ESPN West Palm that I tried to book a dead woman for an interview. And not recently dead, but long dead. And that is a top three embarrassing moment in what's been a career of embarrassments for yours truly. Can I ask one question? Yeah. What well, was the uh, response on that email from the media? I had to send a follow-up email that said disregard my previous. <laughs> oh, email. that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a bad. couple of parts of this that's, that's amazing. So, first of all, I actually don't even remember who the teammate was that forwarded along to everybody, but oh. I do know that uh, you know I I've been on ESPN West Palm since 2003. Obviously, in the last uh, five or six months, differently than I ever was previously because now doing a national show that's heard locally, obviously versus a local show right. at that time. So when I was doing the local show at that time, that took over the entire show. I mean, that is, I'm pretty sure uh -huh. we then took calls right. from fans right. of guest requests of like, hey, Evan, you should have Babe Ruth on today. What do you think? Could be a good spot. And like, that's all we did. Uh -huh. But there is, you know, there are very few positives with Ken. This one, I would say, is not one. But I would say that there is actually a positive in this. And, and here's, the, here's the positive. Uh-huh. So, like, for example, let's just say, let's say tonight, Heat Nuggets, the game on ESPN 106.3, finals rematch, right? Yep. Let's say Jimmy Butler drops 60 points tonight, oh. right? Old school sports radio is, hey, we got to go get somebody on to talk about Jimmy Butler dropping 60. My mentality is, well, why don't you get Jimmy Butler on? Not easy to do, right. but that's where you should start. So there is a positive <laughs> that Ken at least started with Lily Pulitzer and uh -huh. not a representative from the company. Right. The problem is she's not alive. Right, right. That, just a minor speed bump, the whole living thing, uh, yeah. when trying to, uh, to, to book Lily Pulitzer. You're right. I went right for the top, though. I went Smart right man. for the top. Ambitious. Unfortunately, it was already six feet under. Uh, Evan Cohen with us on Sportsman, like 6 to 10 a.m. here on ESPN 106.3. Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen. You mentioned the heat. I'm glad you did, Evan. Uh, we've been talking about sports karma. How satisfying was Tuesday night in Portland? 
the Heat didn't play well, but to, to stick it to Joe Cronin and finish off a winless February for the Blazers, how good did that feel? I mean, you're talking as if, excuse me, the masses know who Joe Cronin is. The general manager of the Blazers, nobody cares. Miami Twitter cares. Nobody actually cares about that guy. And I say that for two reasons. One, by making bad moves over and over again, you make yourself completely irrelevant where no yep. one cares about you, yep. right? And no one actually cares about the Portland Trailblazers and their general manager. But when I think about the Heat right now and how they're playing, I think that's what's starting to get people to care because they are winning in all of these circumstances. And I think the bigger picture issue than the specifics of this random guy is like, hey, Hall of Fame player was rumored to go to the Heat. They didn't get it done, and they're still in the same spot. They would have been with Hall of Fame player probably. Yep. Right? I mean, like – are we sure that they would have had so much better, uh, such a better record with Dame Lillard? Maybe. I'm not saying I wouldn't want Dame Lillard, and I'll go as far to say as I expect these trade rumors to restart after the season. Because I expect him at some point, if they don't win a championship in Milwaukee, to be like, hey, like, maybe this just isn't for me life-wise. Can we revisit a couple of things? And I actually think that he'd have a lot of pieces right now, oddly enough, that the Bucks would want including Terry Rozier, and not that I'm trying to trade him. My point is, I actually don't think that's over. Maybe you guys think I'm nuts, really? but I don't think the Dame Lillard thing is over. I think it's just different than it was last summer. Let me ask you this, though. So say the Heat try to engage the Bucks in trade talks. Oh, uh, does, I always feel like there is this trepidation in dealing with the Heat because of the Heat reputation of being able to take anything and make a contender out of it. There's almost like a screw the Heat type of attitude that I don't understand. Do you really think the Bucks would engage in talks with the Heat, or would it take Damian Lillard requesting to trade again, which I highly doubt he would do? Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, and I think there are definitely teams across sports that, like, are we sure we want to trade with them? Like, don't they know better than we do kind of thing? I think the Bucks have proven to be a smart organization. I, I thought you were going somewhere else, which I thought it was interesting, and you kind of went there, but I'll bring it up. Like, the idea of rivals trading with yeah, each other. Yeah. Right? And it, it, the Heat and Bucks are kind of a new-ish rivalry, but, like, I don't know. Ken, you grew up in Chicago. The White Sox and Cubs don't trade with each other a lot. Other than Sammy Sosa. You, know, you grew up in Texas. Like, Right, but, uh, okay, well, I mean, you grew up in Texas, like, the Houston and Dallas trade with each other a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't know. I think that's such an interesting thing in itself. And then it's like, okay, so I know a guy's not that good anymore. Now let me trade him to my rival because I want to actually play this guy multiple times a year, i.e. Belichick trading Bledsoe to the Bills. You know, like, these rival kind of trades are so interesting over the course of sports history. I'll take it one step further, though, too there, Evan, which is a good point. The Heat and Bucks are one of the bigger rivals in the East specifically right now. There are also two teams on similar timelines who are both in win-now mode. So that's the only reason why I feel like a Dame Lillard trade from the Bucks to the Heat would be so hard to facilitate. It's like not only will we be giving a contender – at the same time of us contending an elite-level player, we also would want elite-level talent back because they're also trying to win a championship right now. Like, I think the only way we would get Lillard in that scenario right. have to request we'd be in the heat. He would have to request a trade, but then also I think the Bucks would have to be moving their timeline somehow. I don't know. Yeah, they you're right. No, there, there's a part of that. There's no question. I mean, you guys are onto something with that. But, yeah, I mean, listen, anytime 
I, when you're talking about the sports karma, which I know has been a conversation today, yep. like any time you can kind of pay back that other team or person or something from a sports perspective, it's amazing. Like I was thinking about this, knowing you guys are talking about it. What's my best version of it? Yep. You know that Roger Goodell had to hand the trophy to Tom Brady the year he suspended him for Deplacate, which uh. was literally nothing. And, like, if you read about it, which I guess Ken knows, pathetically I did all 200-plus pages all of that All of them. Where it, like, yes. literally con- yeah, it confirms it didn't happen. Like, in the actual report, they just knew that nobody would read it. It confirms it, that it didn't happen. <laughs> think about that. You suspend a guy. We know why Brady was suspended. Brady was suspended because they destroyed tapes 10 years earlier at Spygate, right? Yep. You're, you're suspending the guy, and then at the end of the season, it's like, oh, and here's the, the most important trophy in this sport. You want to talk about sports karma. I mean, give me something more sports karma than that. That's right up there. Hey, let's talk about this sports karma. I'm just curious because this uh, this this Patriots expose is going to come out, Uh-oh. and it just seems like every time I read about it, it's more and more of players opening up about how difficult it was to work with and be around Bill Belichick. It's almost coming off like this is going to be a very pylon Bill Belichick type of thing. How do you? You're the ultimate Bill Belichick guy. Uh, how are you going to consume this? Well, I do consume it. It's already out. I mean, I've watched it. So it's been out for weeks. Um, and it's not, I mean, it's not like a pro Belichick thing. But I'll tell you, it's interesting to me because, like, they tell a story early on how in that first year that, that when Bledsoe got hurt, Robert Kraft, Palm Beach County resident or part time resident, like, didn't want Brady to be the quarterback. He wanted Bledsoe to still be the quarterback when Bledsoe was cleared to play, and Belichick's like, no, he's gonna, he, the other guy's going to be the quarterback. So, like, it's so interesting because the next two episodes they're going to release, which is uh, Friday or tomorrow, I should say, um, they are going to get into the Malcolm Butler, Butler benching in the Super Bowl, and they're going to get into the Aaron Hernandez stuff. But they talk about Spygate, Ken, and Belichick's like, yeah, I already talked about that. <laughs> he doesn't say anything. It's just un- it, and they, but they. I don't remember this. They play an interview that they must have done on sixty minutes with Armin Katayan for CBS, uh-huh. and Belichick was like pretty honest and revealing in that. Now, uh, Kraft ripped him for Spygate. So I mean, it's been great so far. Uh, in fact, I talked to Damian Woody on the on the show this morning about uh-huh. it, former Patriot, and one of the the, the moments that this is a good one for you guys. The moment that Damian Woody, and he talks about this on the documentary, was won over by Tom Brady, was first year Brady was the starter. A Thursday night, there was a barbecue place that they went to down the street from the facility. Brady goes with the offensive linemen to the barbecue place and out drinks Damian Woody and all the linemen. And at that moment, they're like, all right, he's the real deal. Not from football. He out them all. Mr. Wow. Health himself, Tom Brady, before the uh, TB12 died. Man. My goodness. And, and by the way, Evan, you're right. I should probably watch the uh, first two episodes of, uh, of the Dynasty. That, uh... Well, the first four episodes oh, are already four out, now? Man. You're very behind on this. Jesus, that's oh. almost halfway to the 10. 
<laughs> All right. Well, on that note, that's quite a dismount. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Uh, Evan, thank you as always. And uh, I'll do more on-the-fly math, and maybe I'll be more further behind on the dynasty when we talk next Thursday, okay? But don't worry. Conference USA seeds 8 through 10. Ken will have you covered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Evan, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, guys. See ya. That is Evan Cohen on Sportsman like uh, 6 to 10 a.m. every single day here on ESPN 106.